You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget, you can tell your new smart speaker to play podcast Locked On Pelicans. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com. Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday, day after the Pelicans win two games in a row after last night's victory over the Memphis Grizzlies, 114-95. This was a particularly good performance from this Pels club. I'll explain why in the recap of the game. We're then going to take a look at some comments Anthony Davis said to The Athletic. Break that interview down just a little bit. Should actually make you maybe feel a little bit better about everything that's going on. And then I'm going to try and reassure you with some stuff regarding the team potentially moving as we take a listener question in the third segment. So let's dive into the Tuesday edition of Locked on Pelicans. So after a 114-95 win over the Memphis Grizzlies, the Pelicans have won two games in a row. First time they've done that since November. So that's just a much needed thing. We said they need to kind of put a string together, a run together if they want to get back into the playoffs. Getting two in a row is better than starting from scratch. So good job to the Pels on that. They've actually now won four out of their last six, still in playoff contention in the Western Conference. This was an excellent performance. New Orleans came out firing, lively, had energy, effort, all the things that they normally lack in first quarters they had in this one. Anthony Davis was outstanding on the night overall and they managed to kind of limit his minutes 35 and a half but he was 14 of 20 from the field 8 of 12 from the line grabbed 13 rebounds had three assists and he finished with 36 points on the night Drew Holiday got in on the action as well, though, a little bit quieter. 13 points from him, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. Defensively, he was awesome. So was Anthony Davis, too. I do want to mention that. He was outstanding on the defensive side of the ball. If you look at him matched up against Marcus Gasol most of the night, Gasol finished with 7 points, fouled out with 6 fouls, was 3 of 10 overall from the field. Nothing good there. All good from Anthony Davis. Alfred Payton in about 24 and a half minutes, 11 points. Four assists, pretty good night from him. Julius Randle doing just enough to help the team get the victory. 15 points, nine boards. Darius Miller in the starting lineup in this one uh, since they were without Etwan Moore. He had seven points. The other story, other than the real good defensive effort from the Pelicans in this one and everything they did there, has got to be the play of some of the reserves. You saw some very strong minutes from Jaleel Okafor and from Frank Jackson. We'll talk about Jackson in a moment here, but Okafor first, who actually Euro-stepped on the way to kind of a float-up, layup uh, type thing, uh, floater, float-up, floater, layup type thing in this game, nine points on the night, three of six from the field, 
He went to the line five times as well, grabbed seven boards. He was fantastic. Nice to see him get significantly more minutes than what we've been used to seeing from him. 23 and a half in this one. And also, he just needs a kind of carve out that solid reserve role. We've seen him be able to do it. It's kind of been mystifying why his minutes have fluctuated the way they have rather than just play the dude and let's see what he's capable of doing. But he even defended on the perimeter much better than we would have expected in this one. So expect to see his role continue to get bigger going forward. Frank Jackson was the other wonderful surprise in this one. In under 20 minutes of action, he put up 17 points on 7 of 10 shooting. He was 3 of 5 from deep, hitting back-to-back threes on occasion in this one, uh, and was just overall an excellent scoring two-guard. He moved well without the ball. His defense was good enough, and he re- he could go, and he could score. If he's going to hit three threes in a game, you're going to play him no matter what else he gives you anytime, but he was awesome in this one. First sub off the bench for the Pels, by the way, was Kenrick Williams. He played under nine minutes. He was the first sub in, and they didn't go back to him later on, so I don't know if Gentry really liked what he saw out of him. Um, But overall, this was a good team performance. 70 points in the paint, 23 points for this New Orleans team. They limited the offensive rebounding chances for the Grizzlies, just six of them, while also grabbing enough defensive boards and making it just kind of look good there. They had the fast break points by turning them over so overall uh this was a good performance 18 turnovers they forced against the memphis grizzlies a much needed win you can build off of this now that you've got two in a row and you've got the cavaliers coming to town which should be another win for you so hopefully maybe this is where the turning point will be in the pelican season So before we get to the Anthony Davis comments and then talk a little bit more about this team's long-term viable future in the city of New Orleans, do want to mention I'm working on a project. I need your Saints stories. It is Saints season. It is almost their playoff game this Sunday as they hopefully march towards the Super Bowl. What rituals do you have? Do you go to the same bar to watch the game? Do you sit in the same place on the couch or wear the same jersey? Is there anything you do that you feel you don't want to break because of superstitions or what have you? Let me know. It's LockedOnPels at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter. It's at Jake. I want to talk to you about this for a project I'm working on. Should be a lot of fun. So Anthony Davis recently gave an interview with The Athletic, and he goes into a little more detail kind of on some of the comments he's made the past couple of weeks. And none of this is a huge surprise, and it should maybe reassure you a little bit if you're a Pelicans fan. And so with The Athletic and in the interview, basically he reiterates what he expects for the rest of his career. And this was to Joe Varden of The Athletic it ran on the 7th, and it's simple, winning, just winning winning and that's what he wants more than anything and what he expects now he goes on to say you know if the pelicans fall short of the playoffs or if they go in and then lose in the first round does that mean he's not going to be here and anthony davis said something that should make you feel a little bit better if you're a pelicans fan and he says quote gotta wait and see what happens can't predict the future end quote That's good. Again, I don't think anything is done just yet or that he's decided he wants to leave. I think you can maybe read the tea leaves a little bit. And if you think Clutch Sports is one of the sources that's leaking a lot of this information that's getting reported on, certainly then they're not going to do that unless they have his blessing for some of that stuff. But right now, Anthony Davis 
very much is committed to this team. He says, the only thing that matters to me is this team right here and all I can do to help this team win and what we can do as a team to get more wins. The other stuff is for guys outside the team and media, whoever wants to look at it. For me, it's about this team and what we can do to win. He talks about how he enjoyed the playoffs and all of that so much more and then goes on to say, though, about the stuff regarding the legacy or money. And he says, he goes, I never said money wasn't important. Somebody asked me about money or your legacy. In that case, your legacy lasts forever. Your money comes and goes. But for me, I want to build a legacy. In that case, if you have to choose between money or legacy, I think legacy wins every time, in my opinion. So the money does matter to him. So maybe the way the question was posed to him, what matters more is just if it's a binary situation, then yeah, he's going to take legacy over money, given that he's already made millions upon millions in his career. So I think that's kind of an important thing. Maybe the Supermax is important for him, or maybe it is taking shorter deals to get as close to that Supermax as possible, whether or not he signs here in New Orleans. He then goes on to talk, though, a little bit about how he feels really good about this team. And this is maybe the silver lining that you're looking for when it comes to it. And he goes, we've always been hurt. You know, last year, DeMarcus goes down and star play uh, star player Drew has been battling with injuries. This year, we have Alfred was out for a while. Nico was out. You just don't know if everyone stays healthy for at least 10 games together, how good we can be. Just imagine if we had DeMarcus through the whole thing last year. We think we could have won it all. That's the frustrating part. You just don't know how good your team can be if everyone gets hurt. Go back to what he just said right there. We think we could have won it all. That's the type of team that Anthony Davis wants to be on, a team that can win titles and that has a long, uh, big future ahead of it. And unfortunately, with the injury to DeMarcus Cousins, that was maybe a real big turning point for years to come for this franchise. But Eddie felt really, really good about that team last year. You can very much see that and hear that in the way that he speaks. That's got to make you feel good. If he thinks this team with Nico and Alfred and Drew and himself and Randall and maybe one other person, depending on trades and stuff like that, that's fantastic because maybe he sees the future here on this team that maybe no one else does, but he does. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So this interview is a lot of more the same from what we've heard from him. And it's certainly a story. And he keeps wanting to talk about it, maybe because he's asked, but he's not kind of just waving this away. He's going out. And I think part of this, he keeps talking about how he thinks he's the best player in the league. I don't know if he's shown that this year, but he's right on up there. And I think a lot of this is just self-promotion on his part as well. You've seen that kind of change with him this season. So it'll be interesting, but it's more of the same. If you want to be optimistic, this should make you feel kind of good. If you're kind of in in the dumps about everything, it's going to make you feel worse. So just keep that in perspective that again, I don't think anything when it comes to Anthony Davis has been decided just yet. So before I play a listener question that kind of ties into this same topic, and maybe I'm going to put this out there to reassure you guys on some things with it. Do you want to mention, I need your help on something, and that's if you're a diehard Saints fan, or if you know a diehard Saints fan, I'm looking to get their game day rituals, any superstitions they have for a project I'm working on. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I need your guys' input on 
all of this. So if you're a super fan, if you go to the same bar every day, if you wear the same jersey, are you growing a playoff beard? What are you doing to kind of keep the Saints getting to the Super Bowl? Do you feel like you're helping out? Let me know. You can reach me. It's lockedonpels at gmail.com. That's lockedonpels at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. I'm happy to talk to you about it. It's probably something where I will interview you guys for it too. So you really kind of get there in the narrative with everything, which is a lot of fun. So this is a cool project. Hopefully we'll be able to get it out, but I need to get your help. Also, if you want to hit the call in line that I have set up here, that number is 504-321-0448 for Pelicans-related questions, too. If you want to tell me your ritual or leave me your name and number, and I can give you a buzz back after that, that's 504-321-0448. So like I said, I want to play a listener question here for you guys that kind of ties into what we've seen before, and I understand this frustration, but I'm here to reassure you and make you feel better about a lot of this. So let's hit the phone line. Uh, hello, this is Nick from Lafayette. wanted your opinion. I think the big picture here is with AD and with the media trying to push him out of town, big picture, I think the league is actually, uh, along with the media, trying to force the Pelicans to relocate. Um, you see all the negative stories coming out all of a sudden, all the issues with AD. Uh, I, I think big picture, um, I don't think the league – wants an NBA team in New Orleans anymore. And I think this is a way to have them pushed out. So I just want your opinion. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, Nick. And I'm playing this one because I've heard this a lot kind of recently with all the negative stories and it can kind of feel like the media is kind of, I don't know, bearing down on New Orleans, just kind of showing a lot of disrespect that they just don't care about New Orleans as a city, that they don't deserve an NBA team, and that because of that, let's just get AD out of here. I really don't think it's that, though, and I promise I'll tie this into the team staying and everything here, too. To go on a mini rant about the media, trust me, the media loves New Orleans and wants a team here. They like coming to visit. They like go into the arena, it's close to all the hotels, they just love New Orleans in general, and most people are thrilled to come down here when they get the opportunity too. I know a number of media people, national media people, who just vacation here on uh, regularly as well. So I don't think it's anyone doesn't want an NBA team here in New Orleans, and certainly the NBA does want a team here in New Orleans. If they didn't want one, they would have sold the team, not to Tom Benson, but to almost anybody else because he was really the only local buyer left for this team. They sold it for what? 330 million, 337, something like that. They easily could have gotten 400, 500 million to sell it to someone out of state who would have relocated the team. That money would have just gone into the pockets of the NBA and the other owners because at the time, the NBA actually owned the franchise during that. Keep that in mind. They just wanted money and to get a team out of here. Oh hell, you could have just sold it to anybody and they would have been gone. And then they just would have all gotten a little bit richer for it. That sounds great. It eliminates that problem and you make more money. But they didn't. They almost took a hit on it, or at least not made as much money as they could have to keep this team here in New Orleans. Look how badly the league wants to get a team back to Seattle. That's one of the reasons why you hear New Orleans linked to it. But they feel they made a mistake having that team leave there, and they don't want to probably go through something like that again. So expansion makes more sense for the league than contraction does or relocating a team. Um, and I think that's kind of what they want to try and avoid. 
I know David Stern thinks of the the team leaving the, uh, the Supersonics leaving Seattle and going to Oklahoma City as maybe one of his biggest failures and something he should have tried harder to prevent. I don't think his hand-picked protege and successor in Adam Silver wants to have a similar thing or repeat uh, Stern's footsteps and potentially make that same mistake. I think that's something he's very much aware of. So I don't think the team is in danger of being relocated because the NBA doesn't want him here or because the media doesn't want him here. Certainly the media likes it. This is a situation and a thing just because the Pelicans aren't good. Frankly, you have superstars that usually when they're they're coming up on their contract, the team's not doing well. They want out. We've seen this in the past repeatedly with different situations. So it's expected to not be any different here in New Orleans. So this is kind of a story. Everyone's wondering where he's going to end up. Is it here in New Orleans? Is it with the Lakers? Is it with the Celtics? Is it with another mystery team? And it's a big thing. Free agency is a big deal. Basically, his free agency is kind of starting now. Whether that's fair or unfair, it is kind of the circumstances of it. So it's going to get covered. But I don't think it's a thing that's like intentionally disrespectful to New Orleans. Also, I don't think the team's really in danger of going anywhere. So even if other people do want the team to move, well, fuck those guys, frankly, because they can't make it happen. You recently had Gail Benson give an interview with Larry Holder of The Athletic where she says, we're going to invest more money in this team. She was also the driving force behind Tom Benson and his group or whatever you want to call it, his money, buying this franchise to keep it here. She wanted the team to stay here. I don't think that originally it was on Tom Benson's radar necessarily or something that he wanted to do. But Gail Benson was the driving force behind making that happen and keeping the team here in New Orleans. Assuming they're making money, there's no reason to think that they won't keep this team anymore. There's no estate taxes or anything they need to pay off of Tom Benson's death. They don't need to sell it, this team to pay for the Saints or anything like that. There's also just no real re reason, I think, that she needs the cash of a sale of the team. Say she could sell it for a billion dollars. And I don't know her financials or anything like that, but I think we all assume she's got millions in the bank or she could sell some things to get millions of dollars. Basically, her liquidity is not a concern, I think. You know, if you've got 300 million or 100 million in the bank, do you need to make it $1.1 billion when you don't have heirs, you don't have kids you're paying for? I don't really think so. She's very charitable, so maybe she would sell assets down the line and donate that money to charity. But I don't think that would be the case for the Pelicans if it meant them leaving the city. Now, if this team years down the line, say hypothetically after Anthony Davis leaves, isn't making money, is operating in the red, and is losing a couple million dollars year after year after year, yeah, that's an investment that's not working out and maybe you sell it then. But by all indications, that's not the case. So I don't think we need to worry about this team with or without Anthony Davis being sold anytime soon. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And also, send me your saints, rituals, your superstitions, whatever you have. We're trying to do a real fun project here, and I would love to talk to you. Hit me up on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake, or you can email me. It's LockedOnPels at gmail.com. Thank you, as always. And again, I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 